AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Monday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Bootleg Camp Podcast, special guest. We're live in New York City. Akash. What's up, man? Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Of course, man. Of course. I'm a fan. I've been a big fan of you for a long time. Oh, thank you so much. Um, it's always crazy when someone I'm a fan of tells me they've watched my stuff. I'm like, that's great. Get out of here, dude. Yeah, dude, your special, uh, which came out, what, it was like four or five months ago now? Yeah, it came out February of 2012. Crazy special. Thank you so much, man. Um, I remember, like, first kind of diving into like flagrant when it was uh the original crew yeah yeah yeah. Um, cash cash. and it was like kind of like a weird sports podcast but it it evolved into something else like super yeah very fast yeah um but for people who don't know like what were the original like because obviously andrew went from like guy code to brilliant idiots and then launching flagrant um what was kind of like the original crew like what was the original I guess theme of the show for because now it's 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 a own it's its own thing. It's yeah. way different than it was. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Going super far back when Andrew started Brilliant Idiots, I said to him out loud, "This is the only time I've ever been jealous of you." Right. Is when you're when he was doing the podcast with Charlemagne, right. and it wasn't like real jealousy, but like really what I was thinking in my brain was I had nothing. I wasn't on Guy Code. I wasn't on TV. So he had to take that opportunity. Charlemagne's amazing and huge. I was like, you got to do that. But in my mind, I was like, if we did a podcast, I think that shit would go. Right. So, I, but I obviously go crush it. Brilliant idiots did great. And then when Andrew started talking about do us doing a podcast a few years later, I think he felt like he wanted to start another thing also. Mm-hmm. I was obviously down. And we had been kind of like brainstorming. And uh, we did a Brilliant Idiots episode with Kaz. We thought Kaz was great. So we brought him on board. And then the idea... Of doing sports, which I love sports. I could talk of course, sports. Yeah, all you day. got. Yeah, you always are throwing your little tidbits in about sports that make yeah. me be like, "Oh, he's a real sports guy." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And Andrew likes sports, but he also understood something that we had talked about, which is like, "Yo, we can slowly dip into these crazy things we say, like when we're hanging out, just saying yeah. wild jokes about whatever." Right. 
But an easy entry point is, is sports because sports fans tend to not get super triggered about anything. Right, 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 right. They're right. not, it's not too political. It's just sports. Yeah. So the idea was always to evolve it into something else. And then Alex got more and more involved and that was amazing. He was so funny and like we would encourage him when he would chime in. We'd be like, dude, you're funny. Chime in. Yeah. And then Mark, Andrew started working with Mark and Mark is a brilliant kid. Super funny, super talented. He's a star. And I didn't know him that well. And he's doing stand-up now. He does, yeah. He yeah. Well, he started as a stand-up. Oh, I didn't know he's that. Been, okay. Yeah, he's been, been doing stand-up for years, and that's how him and Andrew connected. Gotcha. He opened for Andrew, and then uh, Andrew brought him on board. He was like, he's a smart kid. He has, like, good ideas for merch and all this stuff. A lot of the set design of the new set was Mark. Oh, the set's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. He does so much of our YouTube stuff. He's a fucking brilliant kid. And so when Andrew was like, I want to start bringing Mark on the pod, I was like, yeah. I don't know him super well, but bring him on. And then I got to know him. He's a great kid. And it just evolved into flagrant. And then when we built the new studio, we wanted to try to find a place for them as well right. on camera because mm -hmm. they contribute so much off camera. Yeah, so for just, sure. It just evolved into this like four guy hang. It is definitely a hang. Yeah. And I love it because it is like the most, I'll be saying the craziest shit. Done. <laughs> I, I always, you know, when the podcast is on and my wife's in the car, she's always like, what the fuck are you listening to? She's yeah. like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> my wife doesn't listen. There's episodes where I'm like, hey, I, th I think you'll like this one. Yeah, listen to this one. Yeah. Don't listen to this one because yeah. you might divorce me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's just like, all right, fine. No, it's great because it's like today's, uh, you know, obviously climate, it's just nice to have a place where like, there's just zero fucks given. Yeah. Well, I think Andrew probably knew this on some level, and I maybe did, but I won't even give myself that much credit. If you think about, like, when somebody, when there's always this, like, uh, there's always too much, like, there's an overcorrectness for anything. Of course. There's always a little voice that's dissenting. I'm like, mm -hmm. we don't need all this. So when yeah. everybody's getting so PC and so PC, Ugh. I think we were the first, one of the first at least, to be like, yo, fuck all that. Let's just have fun. And if the intention is to be funny and not to hurt feelings, great. Andrew always said, judge me by my intentions. And I've always agreed with that. Like, that's like comedy, right? Yeah, that's yeah. comedy. We're trying to be funny. If I'm trying to hurt your feelings in a hateful way, then fuck me. But if we're just trying to be funny and I'm making it all funny, then great. Has there ever been an a, a, a episode or like a moment where you were a little nervous about whether the cancel culture people were coming for y'all or not? Cancel culture, not or as just, much, Or actually. just like, you know, because I feel like obviously you come from a traditional Indian background, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? But there, you guys be saying some shit on there, man. Uh, you know what? I just, in my mind, I'm like, my parents don't know how to use the internet. I don't know why, but I'm like, <laughs> it's so stupid. But I'm like, my mom is 67. She's not using yeah, YouTube. She's not, she's not diving into the 47-minute <laughs> mark of this episode. Yeah, yeah, it don't matter. Yeah. So I don't ever consider it. And I've told them from the moment I started stand-up, I was like, don't watch. Don't watch. Just it. Just uh, If I'm making money, be happy for me. But please don't watch because I can't live with that. Because I do think right. about that a lot. Even like the roast, like the, the roast that Andrew will do. So like he just did the Kanye one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, man, yeah. some of those roast lines are fucking... Oh, <laughs> dude. crazy. Yeah. The Will Smith one. Oh, it was so good. Oh, yeah. And I felt like we... I think we both felt personally like, yo, fuck this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we, every... He just... Those roast lines were crazy. I didn't... I'm not going to take credit for writing those jokes. That was him and... Well, but like fuck dude those are great jokes yeah the will smith thing was something where it was like it was kind of dope to see like uh just all the comedians just kind of gang up on what yeah on, on somebody yeah and it, it and it was like it, it was done in a way that was like so hilarious like the jokes that came from right. it were like maybe it was worth chris rock taking this lap <laughs> for all the comedy we got out of it 
<laughs> like he had to sacrifice his his uh, his dignity for a night, and uh, and and we got some great comedic moments from it. Yo, I really think Will Smith is like. He opened the floodgates for all of the attacks. Oh, for sure. The, what's his name? Salman Rusty getting Salman Rusty getting uh, stabbed on stage. Or yeah, whatever. that shit's crazy. I think it's this. Just it, the girl getting the beer thrown at her. It's all open now. You think that kind of like had a little bit to do with like having people get a little, you know, obviously uh, emboldened to do some shit like that? Yeah, you know, this is a crazy, crazy comparison. You know how Columbine? There weren't really school shootings. And then after Columbine, people were like, yo, that's a possibility. Like, oh, that's a thing. That's a thing. Like, deranged people were like, oh, that's what I yeah, can do. Yeah, that was like the first one. Yeah, well, in a much less significant, and well, I'm not saying the significance is the same, but like on a smaller, much smaller level, people are at comedy shows and their brain is just open to the possibility. Deranged people are like, I can fuck this guy up. Yeah. And I'm a fuckable guy. Like, I'm a very fuckable person. Yeah. So I've always kind of had an awareness of that. And like, I never wanted to cross... A lot. I also don't want to be so disrespectful that you should beat me up, but you won't because I'm small and I'm just right, taking right, advantage right, right, of that. Right. Like I try to play with the line, and I'll say it shows. Like, hey, if you're genuinely, if you feel like I cross the line, if you just don't want me to talk to, you, just like, give me something like this, and then we'll move on. Right, 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 right. Oh, like like but, if you do the crowd work thing. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, I do it earlier. I'm like, I need to make sure y'all are aware of this. And then if you give me this, we're not gonna try to do this. We're not gonna yeah, Columbine's kind of like the Sugar Hill Gang, a school shooting, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Right? It's like just a, I said a hip hop. The first hit. The first hit. The first hip hop hit, right? It was like it was like it was like the message Colin from Fine Grandmaster a, Flash. Columbine is a it's a classic, dude. It's, a, Jesus. it's lived on through the ages. It's, a, uh, it's the back that ass up. The uh, weird yo, it really is. It's like weird too because now like my uh I think it was one of my nieces was showing me like on TikTok, there's like a whole like underbelly of girls who are like um, that worship like the the shooters oh like God, what, 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 I don't remember the names of the kids from Columbine but like there's like a full like fan girl club of like 19 year old girls who like you know fucking play with themselves while looking at pictures of these dudes or whatever it's That's pretty crazy. wild but you know what Andrew has a joke about this every school shooter says the same thing uh, nobody wanted to have sex with me. All these incels are the ones that. So these girls could be a very valuable asset. You just they gotta could. start fucking the guys. You just gotta start fucking the guys beforehand. who listen to ICP and you know yeah. fucking go on four chan. Don't shower. Oh. Suck a couple dicks. You know. What Somebody I mean? should do the like the four chan grinder. You know. Yo. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Sixty nine chan. <laughs> Sixty. Let's do it. <laughs> oh man. So for you, like, um, talk about just like. Obviously, your come up as a comedian, um, you, you were telling me earlier that you started doing comedy out in uh, Cali. I started in L.A. in like 07. Okay, so that's, damn, 07. Yeah, man. so I'm about 15 years deep now. Yeah. I did a couple times in college, but then I really started when I was in 07. I moved to L.A. on a whim. Just really, for that? or just yeah, yeah, for that. And I didn't know you were supposed to move to New York, My but my best friend was going there to be a cinematographer. Okay. My other best friend from college, we convinced him to go because he was going to go there in a year to be an actor yeah, yeah. and a musician. So I was like, yo, let's just all go. And then I got my mom's blessing, which was, man, everything. Of course. I wouldn't have gone without that. But yeah, I, I started in 07 and like, man, it was rough. But then everybody told me a year and a half. I was actually doing fairly well in LA, yeah. like open mics. And I think they looked at me, not like this kid is a star, but they looked at me like, this is the kid that's going to be really funny one day. Right, 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 right. But... The vets would tell me, specifically the black vets would tell me, you're in the wrong place to get funny. You go to New York to get funny, and then you come to L.A. to get famous. Mm. And I knew I wanted to be funny more than I wanted to be famous. As great as famous would be, I was like, I need funny. I can't live if I'm not 
good at comedy. Right. I can't live with myself. I'm famous and shitty at comedy. So I moved to New York, and then that was that was rough. But it was very worth it. But it was rough. So originally, before you moved to Cali, where are you originally from? Dallas. Oh, you're from Dallas originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southwest. I used to. Uh, well, I I I had a girl I was fucking with that was a. Um Twin Peaks waitress in Plano, in, in Plano, Texas. Twin Peaks. Oh my God! I didn't know you fuck white girls who like cats. No, definitely not white. Really? Nah. Twin Peaks. Lovely, uh, lovely, uh, light-skinned uh, young uh, sister in uh, Plano, Texas, about oh. six years ago. Shut up. None Before of that my adds wife. up. Twin Peaks, Plano, Texas. That's, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's odd. That's the only time. I only went to. I went to Dallas one time for WrestleMania in like 2015. Okay. We had a hotel in Plano. I yeah. went to a strip club that was called Onyx, maybe. I don't know, but yeah, it was like a BYOB strip yeah, club, uh -huh. which they don't have. I think that's just in Texas. I've can, been to one, may have been a couple. You could bring your own bottles. I had been to one strip club by the time I was like twenty-seven or something, and then I got a free lap dance because I was so uncomfortable that the girl thought it was hilarious. Yeah, to it. just give me a lap dance. Yeah, stri stri the whole uh, the strip club dynamic is interesting. Son, it's a terrible place. It's there's no cemetery on earth as dead as a stripper's eyes, <laughs> and they just sit on your lap and just. Just like assume that that's what you want, and then when you say, "Ah, oh, no, I'm good," they get up and they—it's like they're offended. It, it goes from nice to attitude so fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like I'm here for chicken wings. Yeah, or you know, I'm here because my friend wants to get the leg. Talk to him. I'm yeah. just hanging out. hundred percent. It's a bachelor party, ninety-five percent of the time. <laughs> so real. what are we doing? Yeah, you know, the saddest thing I remember watching the guys like put the dollar bills like on the ground or whatever. It wasn't even as sad as at the end of the song watching them scurry the strippers to pick up like eight dollars. Yes. I was like, yo, this is sad, dog. That is the most uh, demeaning part of the strip club experience is at the end of the girl's stage, she has to bend down and she has to. I would rather, if I'm a woman, I think I'd rather you put it in my fucking G-string ass crack yeah. than I gotta scurry like a mouse. Like if, especially if they it make it up. rain, like there's a, there's a club uh, in LA called Sam's that's like a, the middle stage is just full of like 10 girls. Yeah. And if I make it rain on one girl, every girl on stage has a right to any of the money that touches the stage. So when people make it rain, it's like throwing fucking pigeon food at the park. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's yeah. like it's like it's like the funnest strip club to go to if you really want to just be a piece of shit and yeah, watch yeah, chicks hit just... the floor and like dive for money. You're like, let me get a hundred once and cause some fucking chaos. Complete degenerate. Yeah. I, that would be fun. Yeah, you know, it's not bad. So being from Dallas, you're like a Cowboys guy? Yeah, yeah, I wish I wasn't, but I have to be. Mavericks? Yeah, of course. I mean, Luca, you know, Luca's, Luca's nice. that's fun to root for. The Cowboys, 28 years of just hell. I mean, Cooper Rush. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny to watch, because I still listen to a sports radio station in Dallas to this day. Me too. Like, I mean, I'm from Phoenix, so that's what I do. I listen to my local station on TuneIn, yeah. and then, yeah, that's I, yeah, all I care about is Arizona sports. I don't give a fuck about the Lakers, or I'm sure you don't care about the Yankees or anything. No, that shit. I truly don't. The yeah. Knicks being bad is funny to me. Right. Like, I would, I would like to be here when they're good, because you, right. you're a basketball happened, fan. Yeah, yeah. And when Sandy happened, you could feel it. Right, 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 right. Everybody right, talks right. about energy. I don't normally feel it, but when Sandy was happening, you could feel the whole city buzzing. Yeah. So if the Knicks were good, good, which they might be, uh, that'd be fun, but generally speaking, I think it's funny to watch Knicks fans suffer. So you were here during the Linsanity Lin moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. that was as close to an Indian basketball player as we'd ever had, so I was Asian. hype. Right? Same yeah, continent. I was hype, dude. Yeah. That's my guy. You guys have never had an NBA player ever? Nah. Well, we had Satnam Singh, who's in the D-League. Right. Big ass Punjabi dude. Like 7'3", barely wow. speaks English. But you guys do have the, uh, what's the name of the wrestler? Uh, the great, uh, the great Khalid? He's, he's... WWE. No, we also have, oh my God, I can't believe this guy's, I don't remember this guy's name. He follows me on Twitter. I've hung out with him. What is his name? 
Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Jinder. a big wrestling guy. Thank yeah, God, yeah. dude. I, yo, my bad, Jinder. Shout out to Jinder. Watching. I yeah. hung out with him in Tampa before. Nice cool guy. Cool ass dude. Super. Sweetest guy. Definitely on steroids. He he tells me he's not, but I'm like, but he shoulders. is. It's okay. Yeah. He went from being like kind of a chubby, bigger dude. He got fired, and then he bounced back, and he was fucking shredded like a maniac. I'm like, yo, this guy's six months the craziest turnaround that yeah, steroids are serious the shoulders are nuts dude. yeah yeah, yeah. i'm wondering man because you're one of the you know obviously you were lucky enough to be able to go on uh joe's joe rogan's podcast yeah, yeah. you always hear that like he's the king maker yeah right did you notice i mean obviously you guys have a crazy following you guys got one of the biggest patreons you guys have your own universe you're in you're already selling out dates your special was doing well but did Thank you me. notice the like uptick in yes. everything yes after going 100%. on the show my so my views it was cool it was like trending on youtube the first couple days and it was like then it hit like three hundred thousand in like whatever two days and then it, you could see it level off when right. you look into the views on youtube and then the second the rogan dropped it doubled it hit another three hundred thousand in the next two days and that's completely it would have done this right but with rogan it did this and it was like it might even be even more been like two and a half x or whatever yeah you see and he's the fucking greatest the the experience is intense because like we're chilling, we're hanging out, we're leaning back. You right. know how uh, how many people are listening to Rogan, mm -hmm. and he's gonna give you every ounce of attention possible. So if I don't return that, I'm a giant dickhead. Yeah, no, he's locked in. He's locked the fuck in. Yeah. And for that guy worth that much with that much power to be locked in for two hours with in, you or however long. If I don't return it, who the fuck am I? That's so real. So I was like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I went there during uh like COVID. I went there with Freddie Gibbs and um. You know, I, I I had in my head uh, what I thought it might be. Yeah. But it's like kind of like in like a little like business complex where there's right, like right. a doctor's office and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was a little, I was like, damn, I really expected to come to like some giant warehouse with like weights everywhere. I think there's a lot of shit in the back. There probably is, see. yeah. Because Andrew is telling me. But I had to get fucking swabbed just to walk in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They weren't they, playing. They're not playing. But Andrew is telling me he did like a, like he, Joe shot like a bow and arrow. From like a hundred yards out, and this is like crazy. Hit some crazy bullseye or something, but it was in that facility. So I think it's a whole thing. Um, you guys, I feel like obviously Andrew. I think I, I credited him to changing how people consume comedy. He and really how, did how they think of comedy, and I think um, kind of the innovation. You know, I think when we go through something like COVID, right? Yeah, it kind of forces you to change your approach to whatever your um, livelihood is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just think back to the, like, turn your phone this way. Brilliant. And how it just kind of changed just, you know, the way people were. And, and I know Louis C.K. was releasing specials on his own, but just, mm -hmm. like, on the YouTube side. Like, yeah. I can't really think of anybody doing the YouTube clips. So I know in India they were doing a lot of comedy clips online because that was the only way they could do stand-up. Right. Get it out there. But Andrew was the first guy in America, which is kind of where everybody's looking for right. the guiding light of stand-up. To be like, yo, nobody's buying the special. I'm just going to put it out online. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't. Not only because he's done so much for me, but like I wouldn't be able to sell any tickets on my own. Because now I'm selling tickets through just stand-up clips yeah. because I saw that model. So I'm like, oh. And now you're scrolling through IG. It's nauseating how much stand-up there is. And it's, that's all it, this guy. It is very nauseating for yeah. sure. Because I follow a lot of comedians. I'm like, fuck, everybody's got a fucking... Even some of these guys are just not funny. It's uh, They absolutely should do it. You got to do it. But right. sometimes I'll see the crowd work stuff and I'll be like, oof. <sighs> yeah, the crowd, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Luckily, we were forged in the comedy club where we came up. It wasn't even a comedy club. It was called the Village Lantern. There's a bar upstairs, mm -hmm. and then downstairs in the basement, there was nobody there, and they would just let us do stand up. We would get people off the street, 
bring them down. If you had five people, you could do a show. Oh, that's dope. So, but five people, I can't do my bits for five people. Right, you gotta interact. You gotta yeah. interact with those people. Yeah, I was like, I think it was even three people sometimes. They'd be looking at me like, are you fucking, are you, is this, are you a human being, dude? <laughs> right, right, right. So right. you had to learn to talk to them. You had to learn to interact. You had to get your crowd work sharp. So we had years of that before we started dropping clips with crowd work. Hey, we got to stop the interview real quick to tell you about our newest partner to the podcast. Shout out to our family at Hardeen, Las Vegas, man. Listen, uh, the number one dispensary in the world. I don't give a fuck, man. Craziest dispensary with the most selection. They got so much weed in this fucking place. You go to Las Vegas, you're fucking feeling good with your homies. It's recreational. You're like, damn, I could just go into a store and buy weed. Yeah, but you just can't go into any store in Las Vegas to buy weed because you don't walk out with some fucking bullshit. No, you go to Hardeen. Tell them I sent you, all right? Make sure you follow them online, Hardeen underscore Las Vegas. You see it down there. You see the motherfucking sweater. We represent, and by the way, can we shout out to them for sending me this? This bootleg head podcast thingy? What is this called? No, no, no. It's uh, for cigars. Humidor. Humidor. Yeah, the humidor. Now, this is what's great about it. We might start doing this for our smoking guests. You know, we might have to bust open the Hardeen humidor and just get into some of these treats. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of the treaties, you know, straight from Hardeen, Las Vegas. Even, I mean, these are totally props because, you know, they're props. But with that being said, when you go to Vegas, tell them Bootleg Kev sent you, Hardeen, Las Vegas, I'm telling you, it is like going to, it's like the Bentley of dispensaries. It's so nice. The weed is the best. The selection is the best. The bud tenders are the best. And, yo, make sure you shoot them a follow. Hardeen underscore Las Vegas. Go to HardeenLasVegas.com. And when you're in Vegas, go to Hardeen, baby. All right? You already know. Let's get back to the interview. Yo, we're, would you say, like, uh, for you, obviously, the, the podcast helps water everything because it's so massive. Yes. Um, do you feel like being... You guys are on camera a lot every week. Mm -hmm. Sometimes two episodes a week. Always one? Two and a Patreon, sometimes one and a Patreon, but at least two, sometimes three. It's a lot of time, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Do you ever time. feel like, uh, is it, does, it, does it take away from the comedy because it's, a, it's, it's so much bandwidth towards that? Or do you feel like they kind of like one hand washes the other? You, you ha yeah, one hand washes the other, but the struggle being married and trying to be a good husband. Of course. Is, I'll land Sunday from his weekend of doing shows. We'll have a call about Monday's episode. Month, so I prep for that when I get home, spend like an hour with my wife, prep for the episode. Monday, the episode. Tuesday, spend a little time with my wife, hopefully Monday night. Tuesday, we got two episodes on the next day sometimes. Fuck. So I'll do that, or I'm doing like voiceover for a Hulu show or a Netflix show. So I'll do both of those, or you know, just the prep. Yeah. Then Wednesday, two episodes. Then Thursday, I'm out of town for shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Damn, how so, long is your marriage going to last with all that? Son, I, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy. I want to be the greatest comic ever, but I don't want to be the greatest comic ever alone. Yeah. That's the saddest shit in the world to me is these guys who are all the way up. Not the saddest, but I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, you if see I guys can't. like, I mean, not even to say names, but you see guys who get divorced and they're like, yeah, you're that motherfucker, but you're also kind of... You know, yeah, but you're hanging out with me till three in the morning. You're 54 right. years old. Go home, man. Yeah, but you're going home alone, and you don't want to do that. And that's not. I'm not picking on people, but I always said I I can't have. I have to have both, and I can't give up my wife. Right. I mean, I, I think with anything, there's sacrifice. So as long as she's like knows what's up, she kind of yeah, knows yeah. what she's. She knows what's up, up but you're also gonna. You got kids. If I want kids, I don't want kids to necessarily know what's up. 
Yeah, that's my dad. He got to go do his thing, but he, yeah. he's not any of my baseball games. No, that's real, man. I mean, you miss shit, bro. Like, I mean, I, I mean, as busy, even as busy as I am, like, and I try to make sure that I'm there as much as I can be, but just sometimes you just got to... You're going to miss some shit, but yeah. I need to make... He needs to feel like my dad is there when I need him. My dad is there for a lot of shit, if not everything. Yeah, and eventually you're going to get to the point where you're printing money and, uh, you know, you could just take a private jet to make the soccer game. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I am hoping, like, at a certain point... Is there's a lot more time for family and a little less, uh, a little less busy. How um, for you? Uh, obviously, coming from your culture, I always would hear that there'd be like arranged marriages, yes, right? Yes. That's a real thing. One hundred percent. My what? parents. Now it's a very fluid thing. Now, now you, your parents might be like, "Hey, our family knows this person. You guys will date for a while and then be like." So it's more like a setup. Right. But there are arranged marriages. My dad didn't know he was getting married till his wedding day. To his, so he didn't know. Who he was marrying? Not only did he not know who he was marrying, he didn't know he was getting married, period, until his wedding day. How old was he when he married your mom? 24. What the fuck? So yeah. how does, so, so give me that. Their story, even uncles and aunties that hear it are like, that's bananas. Like imagine you don't know you're getting married and then. He was at another wedding. Yeah. And his cousins came up and they were like, you tell him, you tell him. He's like, somebody tell me. And they said, you're getting married today. So he's in the car going over there, getting fitted for a suit, taking measurements. Because my mom was in America at mm -hmm. the time. She moved to America when she was, she didn't know her real age, but they listed at 14. Right. And then she was there for like a finite amount of time. And my dad's family, not even immediate family, but like they thought immediate family right. was actually his uncle was like high up in the Indian government. So my mom's family was like, this is great. He's from a good family. These guys are set up. And then my dad's family was like, she's a pretty girl. She's in America. This is great. Same cast, same everything. Right. Let's just get it done. What's a cast? In Hinduism, now I don't know if this is implemented by the, I should research more. I've heard it's implemented by the Brits. I've heard it's not. But in Hinduism, there are castes. Okay. And it's like a class of people kind of? It's, it is classist. But my understanding was always that it is supposed to be more like an assembly line than a class system. Mm. More like, hey, you guys are focused on this thing. You guys are focused on my caste. Ironically, because I'm so small, is the warrior caste. Okay. But it's like, look, y'all, if we go to war, y'all uh, fucking there. That's what you're worried about. Right. If you're the laborer cast, you are working. That's what you're working on. You know Can you I mean? ever upgrade cast? No. Which is, that's, but again, if it's not done in a classist way, right. no big deal. Right. But. But it kind of, it kind of has to be. I mean, it, you know. Yeah, but it's going to, humans are going to do that. Now, again, I've, my wife was telling me she read a book. My wife's not Hindu. She's a Sikh, Sikh. Okay. But uh, she was saying she read another book where they're like, no, that's very much baked into Hinduism. I didn't pick that up. I need to read a little better. Uh, but yeah, the idea was just like, hey, this is the most efficient way to get Yeah, like if done. you're in the working class, it's like, you, you just know that this is your life? Like, yeah, there should be what something. What if I want to like, own a business? Or... I'm going to be honest, if I'm born and you look at me and I'm 15 years old and I'm 5'2 and 160 pounds or whatever I was back right. then, you're going to be like, this ain't no warrior. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, hey, do something else. Get, get this guy merchant class. He can, he's good with money. Yeah. You know what I mean? There should have been, but again, this was a, this is the oldest religion, so it's 4,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago we're talking. So did your mom know she was getting married? She knew it was a possibility. So she knew it might happen. She met the family. Yeah. And she was like, okay. But it wasn't that much say in it. What the fuck? I mean, so she who, could have said no. So was it like really... your dad's parents' decision to be like, you're getting married today? Like, who, who makes the call? I think my dad's parents, or maybe my dad's uncle again, who's like the more like, um, like the patriarch. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know exactly who decided. He doesn't, I don't even know, he, he didn't even care who decided. And your parents love each other. 
Yeah, me. <laughs> They're together. Yeah. They're, they're making also, it work. You don't get divorced in India, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, shit. That's crazy. I, ha I will say I have seen, it's just like the the rates are the same as yeah. what we call love marriages. Okay. Where it seems like half the couples I see that are arranged, they're like, they're really in love. They make it work. It's a beautiful thing. And then the other half is like, oh, this never should have happened. This is like a business relationship. Yeah, or just you guys aren't even. Oof, yeah, yeah, yeah. some rough ones. Yeah. The husband is a monster or whatever, though, you know. But... At the same time, you look at American marriages, it's a 52% divorce rate or whatever. Yeah, it's 50-50. So what I feel like I've learned, I don't want to be arrogant to act like I have the keys to marriage and fidelity and all of that, but what I think I've learned is if both of y'all are willing to do the work, it you work. will make it. Mm. That seems like what it is. Yeah, 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 and I think, I think that's what most people, they give up when things get fucked, you know what I mean? Or yeah. When they, when they like, get rough. When you hit a rough spot, it's like most people just give up or they cheat or they... You know, they pull the plug a little early. Irreconcilable differences is the thing that we always just say. But like, how many differences are really irreconcilable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like he 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 hits you, right? He assaults you in any way. He is abusive in any way, or maybe maybe he cheats. She cheats. That's irreconcilable. He <laughs> cheats. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can reconcile this. Of course, you know? it's a lot more intimate when a woman cheats. Like, yeah. you got a guy inside of you. Like, yeah, you... It's definitely fucking... a sexist approach, but it's true. How dare you, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I agree with you, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. Ladies, come on. <laughs> Be decent, you know? Um, for, like, now that, obviously, you got the special out, are you trying... Like, what is, like... You, I always hear comedians on podcasts talking, like, uh, once every two years. Some guys do once a year. For you, what is, like, you know, ideally the time that you want to take between specials i feel like i have uh something right now i don't know if i want to do the hour unless there's like a crazy bag or whatever right even andrew doing the hour he was like it's a lot to do an hour now he made it work and he made it's great and it's doing well on youtube but an hour to me always felt like who's gonna watch for an hour an hour is a long now? time man and i've even heard that like stand-ups are starting to put like the closing shit at the front end. That was a Louis thing, yeah. Right. He was like, to get his hour up, he'd put the closer at the beginning. But even, yeah, for YouTube retention. Yeah. And I have a closing bit that I really like, and I, but it's just a long, it's like I sit down, I take like, it's my favorite bit I've ever done. Right. I feel like this is my next level. Right. But it's like an eight minute thing, and it's paced very slowly. Yeah. My fear is on YouTube, they're gonna be like, I ain't watching this shit. There was a Mr. Beast video I could watch right now. Yeah, where's the minute clip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So I don't necessarily know how to do it, I feel like when I build this thing up, I, I want to find a creative way to do it. Yeah. I have something I feel like I could put out, really, you know, a little bit of work. But then I also want to find what's the most creative way to do it. I really was proud of the way I did bring back a poo. I was proud of the message I was trying to send of to course. my people. And I was proud of that whole thing. Now, there was like a delivery mechanism that was like, I, this is it. I see it. I don't necessarily see it with this. And when I do, then it's, it doesn't matter how long. It's, let's go. Do you feel like you're kind of like uh, helping kick down the door for like, you know, because we would always, I mean, you've talked about it, but just like Indians and entertainment would always be, at least in the U.S., obviously the, the Indian movie space is wild. It's like its own world. But like yeah. in terms of like U.S. casting, it's always like super typecasted shit. But I feel like yeah. that's becoming like a lot less, like, like, I think in general with just most races that aren't white or black, like, yeah. Um, it's opening up a lot more, but I think on the comedy side, like, I think, like, you kind of a, really, like, faced a lot of those, like, stereotypes or a lot of those, like, conceptions about your people in the entertainment industry head on. Do you feel like 
you're kind of helping kind of change that narrative a bit? In a way. Now, I always had a different take on, like, I got a lot of those stereotypical whatever, but I always had a different take on what's offensive to me and what's not right. to most people. And I think a lot of times people kind of, and this is what Bring Back a Pool is also kind of fighting back against, I think, is a lot of minorities will take white people's guilt about what has been done in the past, mm -hmm. which is fucked, but they will really exploit that yeah. and hammer that home. And the point of their comedy is to make them feel bad, and that was a way to like elevate your own profile and get your money. Mm. Those guys don't often really help out Indians or brown people. There's one entertainer I see who's really doing it. You know, Rami Youssef. Rami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That motherfucker is about it, dude. His his show is not about guilting anybody, and then he puts all his homies on. He's doing a show for Mo Amer. Mo, yeah, that's Rami that helped get that done. It's a great show. If you are brown and talented, Rami will do what he can to elevate you. And I feel like that's the way to do it. I think what a lot of we see is like, um, oh, I get typecast as you know accents, and then they just do that to get ahead. Yeah, and the other thing too was like, yo, why is like Abu is like a he's like a, obviously like a he's a business owner. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. He's yeah. got a family. Yeah. There's great things yeah, about, yeah. about that character. Now, was he voiced by a white guy? Sure. Yeah, and if you wanted to, if this, if the, it was, hey, just have an Indian dude do the voice, cool. But it wasn't that. It was a lot of, oh my God, look at the struggle we go through. And it's not fun to get made fun of with yeah. the Apu accent. But like, you can't possibly compare that to what black people have been through in America, for what sure. gay people have been through in America. You're doing this to get ahead. I yeah. just know for a fact you are. None of you got PTSD from this shit. And if there may be a couple of you, most of you don't got PTSD from this right, shit. Right, right, right. Like, it's not a thing. Right. It's not. Stop it. And I hope what I see a lot of minorities do to get ahead is kind of take the liberal side of everything. Right. And I'm not conservative. I do think I'm very moderate. But... I think nowadays, man, I traditionally am a liberal guy. Yeah. But I swear the last three years yeah, hasn't yeah, yeah. made me like, just pulled me to the middle where I'm just yes. like, I don't know. 100%. Everybody's batshit crazy. 100%. <laughs> and we should be allowed to say that without uh, upsetting and still get opportunities. It yeah. should be okay to say that. For and sure. I do think I'm, it's, it, before it was either, you know, you are the liberal guy and I'm not picking on him, but Aziz was doing a lot of that before. Yeah, a canceled. lot of it, dude. A lot he of was, it. He was, they called him Woke Bay. Yeah, even like his last stand up, I, I got like, Five minutes in, and I was like, all right. It was a lot of, like, I, you started I, really leaning that way. Yeah, you got yeah, rewarded yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. Or you'd got to do the, the Candace Owens thing, which is also, it's even insane. worse. Insane. It's insane. It's gross. But you can't just be, like, a moderate guy who's like, yo, both y'all are fucking crazy. Yeah. As a minority, I felt like you couldn't do that. And I hope that's what I can do. Is yeah. It's okay to push back on either side. I think that's what, I, as, during the pandemic, I think that was also a great thing that you guys provided, was just, like, unadulterated, like, nonpartisan just fuck both sides. We're yeah, gonna offend everybody. And I feel that. Fuck both sides. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like this shit is crazy. None of this shit makes sense. Like I think I think like and even like certain shit like the like uh, you know um, when you guys had that uh, what's the what's the comedian's name from L.A. who said he was into the trans women and you guys brought uh, Derek Poston. That's <laughs> my guy, dude. <laughs> you guys brought the girl on the next episode. That crazy. shit is hilarious. Yeah. But it's also like ultra progressive if yeah. you really think of like. Bringing somebody from that community on in a, a normal situation, yeah. it kind of like, you know, I think when we, we only see those kind of people in like memes yeah. or like in like this like really extremely like weird woke way. And yeah. like, I just thought it was like... The best way to normalize any group of people or any person is to treat them normally. And just talk to them. Talk to them normally. Yeah, That's yeah, the whole sure. point, right? So if we have a 
conversation with a trans woman and then we make some jokes, but we have fun and we learn. And you're gonna make a joke with a straight woman. You're gonna yeah, make a yeah. joke with everybody. That's what you're gonna do. That's yeah. What yeah, that's what it is. Equal opportunity offenders. And then I feel like, you, hey, now I think a lot of people walked away from that like, oh, I look at this differently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. When you guys went to Florida, um, I think we were talking a little bit off camera, but how, 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 because uh, that, that was a moment for sure. You guys did the open, uh, Andrew did open her up with Jelly Roll, which was fucking yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it was amazing. But it was definitely probably at that time a pretty hard contrast to New York policy wise. DeSantis oh. had that bitch booming. We loved it, dude. <laughs> yeah. We fucked, because I gave everybody COVID. I got COVID. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. show in Atlantic City, fucking COVID, the COVID of America. And then I get, I'll be there November 4th and 5th. <laughs> And uh, then I gave it to everybody. So the upside, as miserable as that was, is now we're all immune. We got the antibodies. Now everybody's got it, yeah. And we're sitting in New York where everything is shut down in the middle of winter. I didn't. I had actually just convinced my wife to move from Jersey back to the city because okay. prices were so low. Yeah, yeah. But then Andrew sends a text and he's like, we can't, this city sucks right now. Let's go to Miami. And I had just paid a little bit of money. And I was like, this is going to be such a thing. But my wife was like, fuck yeah, let's go to Miami. Fuck yeah, we got the antibodies. Everything is open. I was miserable in COVID, dude. Without stand-up, I, I hate these guys who are like, I can't live without stand-up, but I really did in COVID. I was right. like, fuck, dude. You felt that. I'm depressed. I'd never been depressed until that. Right. I was really fucking down. Awful place. And then a lot of weirdos, like shaming comedians who are still doing shows. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And even the shows were uncomfortable because it was COVID. Everything is spaced out. Comedy is so much about laughter being contagious right. that's why we pack you in. like an open table in the middle it was like every other like, table was, it was open it's like 15 feet between so it's like this is a weird thing but so much of comedy is just is do you, is are people around you laughing then mm -hmm. i feel more comfortable laughing yeah for it, sure it it's a community thing yeah because you don't want you ever be watching a movie and you're laughing and then nobody else is and you're like <laughs> yeah. my bad yeah for i sure. missed it i guess for sure um so with the show sucked and it was 2020 the election everything was so tense george floyd like it was just like a bad time to do comedy spaced out. It wasn't fun. And then Florida, we go there. It's sunshine. It's open. Everybody's just happier. You're getting vitamin D. You're eating out. You're yeah. like living a life. It was the best, dude. Yeah, no. I wanted to stay there so badly. Do you guys think you guys would ever leave New York? I mean, obviously you got the new studio. I'm, eventually. I am doing everything I can. <laughs> to make sure that to happens. To make us leave New York. <laughs> yeah. I'm just one man. You're just one but guy. But this is my movement. Yo, you guys had taken some time off, I think, when uh, Andrew went on his vacation, but you guys had just dropped all these heater interviews, like, fucking yeah. back to back to back. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was a couple of months ago. It was crazy. Yeah, I missed most of them, because my, my honeymoon didn't match with his, and I was like, fuck, dude, I don't because my wife had school. So I was, I was like, this say, is what... Has there ever been an interview for you where you were, like, a little nervous, or you were, like, that you looked forward to the most when you knew looked it was coming Looked forward to down? the most, Michael Irvin, cowboy fan. Yeah. He was my favorite cowboy. When I was a kid, it was Emmett, but then as I grew up, I was like, no, I love this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the passion he plays with, the heart he's got. Like, yeah. I love this fucking guy. Yeah. A little flawed. Yeah. And then he was the best, dude. Loves the cocaine. Yeah, loved, hopefully. Yeah. But uh, he was so funny, dog. He came and immediately started making fun of our studio. Like, it wasn't even on camera. Right, 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 right. Then he went and took a shit in the public bathroom. <laughs> it was just like... And then he's complaining about this, the, the bathroom. He was just so funny the whole time. People don't understand how much funnier he is Off than camera. The ESPN. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because on the pod, he's hilarious. Right, right, no, I remember, yeah. I'm dying to do a podcast with Michael Irvin. Yeah. Like, I think people need to see that three-dimensional Mike as opposed to just football Mike. Yeah, almost like he should do a fucking podcast. Dude, I feel I, like every athlete has one. 100% he, he should just do, do like... 12 a year where you just like yo this is the story from 1991 when i had a sixum was 
Son, if you watch strippers and eight ball cocaine. Son, if you watch that episode, he talks about going out with uh, Mike Tyson and taking T.O. out with him, and T.O. was like a still shy little guy. Right. And it's like a he got he's got story after story. He's so funny, dude. Yeah. You guys, you guys have done Tyson too, right? No, I'm, no. I would love to. I'd be terrified, but I would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah shout out to one. Tyson. Tyson's yeah. a wild guy, man. Very yeah. intense. Hey, we got to stop the interview real quick. Tell you about our partners at MyBookie. That's right. Salute to the family at MyBookie. All right. It is so much action to get in on right now in sports. We got the playoffs in baseball. We got NFL action every Sunday. And NBA season is upon us. Yes. If you want to get in on the action and make some of this money with me, I'm be gambling all damn day. I might have a problem. With that being said, go to MyBookie right now. When you sign up, use the promo code BOOTLEG. And they will match your deposit. All right, that's right. Your first deposit, when you sign up with a new account, when you use that promo code bootleg, they're going to match it. All right, that means if you put in 500 bucks, you get another 500 for free to gamble with. Yeah, all right? I'm loving uh, some of the futures, too. Uh, I love the over on wins for the Sacramento Kings and the NBA season coming up. I think they're going to have a good year. I'll also bet the over on the Phoenix Suns. They're going to have more than 52 and a half wins. What are we talking about? Plus NFL action every Sunday. Let's get this money. Go to my bookie right now. Sign up with that promo code bootleg. All right. When you do that, they're matching your first deposit off the rip. No matter how big or small, let's run that shit up. Go to my bookie right now. Use that promo code bootleg and get your first deposit matched. Free money to gamble with. With my bookie. Let's get back to the interview. I was about to say, is, there that, is that one of the ones that you like? Obviously, I'm sure if you had your wish list, who would be on it? Dream guest, probably Charles Barkley. That would be crazy. I love that guy. He's hilarious. Doesn't give a fuck. He would fit right in. He's take hilarious. up half the couch. He don't give a fuck about any... Like, I, the other day, they had the the, uh, the first night of the season, they had a... They were just putting players up on the board and having them guess what team they were on, and yeah. he got like zero out of ten. Yeah, like, it's so. It's like, oh, this is your job. For, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, I don't know the Kings. He just kept saying the Kings, and and he missed every one. Yeah, he never gets them. Yeah, it was it was so funny, dude. Uh, what are your man? I, I I would assume you're. Are you a Kanye West fan musically? Obviously, in terms of just like his discography as a, as a hip hop yeah, guy. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a genius. I think he's got one of the most. You know, probably greater discographies in rap history yeah i don't know enough about music to really appreciate right. it i know he's great but like alex obviously got an ear of course and he was like you don't understand how innovative every everything he does is sonically 100 and that makes sense and I, I do love his music but uh i will say i started to think he was this is well before any of this shit i was like to be honest at least he's funny now uh i you know it's still fucked up what he's saying but at least it's funny but like I felt like he became everything he said he wasn't going to become mm -hmm. around about the time of graduation. He started to really shift into... That makes sense. You're becoming everything you said you wouldn't be in college dropout. Yeah, it was kind of like... A, I, think, I think his mom passed away around the time yeah. of like 808. So, yeah, that makes sense, man. It's crazy because like... It's like if you... Like I watched The Drink... Did you watch The Drink Champs interview? I watched like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's about what I watched. Yeah. But like... His bigger points are so like, okay, dude, like, instead of being an anti-Semitic crazy person, all you got to do is say, hey, shout out to the Jewish people. They, they, they are on to something. That's how I've always felt. And I'm not saying that the, the industry don't fuck with me anyway, so I'm not saying this to get a deal. 
But I've always, as a minority, said that's what every minority Should says do. they want to do, and then they never pull it off. Right. Let's stick together. Let's support our own. Let's support Educate buy together, black financial owned. literacy. Yeah. yeah. Start our own company. It's like, yo, you could say that without shitting on, like, I don't even know how many people are in his personal life that are Jewish. I know his personal trainer was. Like, it's just like, it's, 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 it's kind of like watching a fucked up car crash. And your childhood heroes in it, and you're like, oh. So I got the best insight from my friend. He's a very funny comic. His name is Matt Pavich, but he struggles with bipolar disorder. Okay. Really talented yeah. kid. And I've been with him when he's on those manic episodes, right. and it's like intense and uncomfortable. And I was asking him, I was like, this is a manic episode, right? He's like, textbook. And then he goes, I don't know if this is actually like a scientific thing, but I know for me, when I'm having a manic episode, I love getting a rise out of people, and I will say anything to get a rise out of them. Right. I'll say the most fucked up, horrendous things. But did you just bust oh, ass? Oh, oh, Jesus. I thought you farted crazy, dog. <laughs> I wish I farted. I, I thought you farted crazy. Bro, dog. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Anyway. This uh, guy got a great beard to be off camera. Right. Why are you looking that good for? I came here in joggers. <laughs> no, but uh, you're, so your you're point... It makes sense yeah. that you're just going to say shit like, Defcon three or whatever. It, if you're having an episode, you're just trying to get a rise out of. And people. it's almost like every time you get the rise, it's like it's almost yeah. like. And he's like, I don't know why, but I, my friend was telling me, I don't know why, but I love it. I've, I've said fucked up things that like to my family, and they thought that's how I really felt. And it's like, no, I was just having an episode, and I loved getting that emotion out of you. Yeah. So I really think that's what's happening. And we're all, you know, I'm not like, um, I don't want to be too whatever, but the idea that you're either just crazy or not crazy, I don't think is a thing. You can agree. be not crazy and have bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And I think if we keep doing this, is he crazy, is he not crazy, Kanye's going to be like, I'm not crazy. Yeah. But if we're like, well, no, you're not saying. crazy, but you do have bipolar disorder and you're, you might be having an episode, yeah. he still probably won't listen, but it's a way better chance than if you say, nah, you're crazy. He's also like extremely narcissistic. Like yes. he truly probably, like he believes he's, you know, I mean, he always says that I am, the, I am, the, I am Michael. Pick one, Jordan, Jack. I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, that was that was actually a fire line. It was, was, it was, it was, it was a fire line. The Pierce Morgan shit was so. I don't know if you saw the clips. Son, why it, does he change his voice? <laughs> you notice how much Kanye code switches? Yeah, he's on Drink Champs. He's different. And then his voice, all of a sudden, his voice gets a little bit higher, and you have to understand. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's whatever, crazy. It's guy. crazy. It's crazy. It's gross, dude. It's crazy. Does he talk like that to Kim? I don't know, man. Whole Kardashian family. I don't know. You ever any, any relationship with Pete Davidson? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete is... I've known Pete since he was, like, 15. Not super well. Right. But i always seen him. i always told him, hey, man, you're a funny kid. You're a good kid. Right. And I still feel that way. He's a good kid who just happens to be great at getting pussy. Why y'all got a problem with this man? All time, for sure. All time, yo. Yeah. Who dislikes this guy? You're jealous. No, it's crazy. It's like, when you think of his hit list, it's like... It's like Leonardo DiCaprio. It's like Pete Davidson. I mean... Yeah, but Leonardo DiCaprio... No disrespect to Pete, but Leonardo is, is really, really rich and did Titanic before and, and, he started and, and getting is, is much more beautiful looking than Pete Davidson. No disrespect. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm not even. Uh, yeah, this Leonardo guy's like been a heartthrob since he was 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, sure. I'll fuck Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Why not? But I'm not. I'm saying Leonardo DiCaprio. I remember him slaying with women after Titanic, the right. highest grossing movie of all time, where he is the iconic heartthrob, quintessential everyone. Yeah, who like loves he better be getting pussy after that. Yeah. Pete is just out here. Pete's, Pete's just the guy from SNL. Just a guy on SNL looking gangly every <laughs> with, once in a while. With terrible tattoos. Yo, right? Just have some funny ass rants, but like, no, I don't know girls that will look at a rant and be like, I gotta fuck the guy doing the rant on the weekend yeah, update. Yeah, and like, we're talking like Kim Kardashian, uh, Ariana Grande. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's the greatest list yeah. in history, quite possibly. 
Now, there's somebody else. I'm, I mean, let's see. Jeter had a Jeter. Oh, uh, Jeter's is nuts. Jeter. So, Pete Davidson is arguably as good as Jeter, and that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy, man. He must, he must be a real coxman, that guy. Yeah, dude. God bless him. I mean, just something. Um, talk about just like what's next for flagrant. I always, you know, I, 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 I always like have this thing in my head where I'm like, man, I would love if some of my favorite podcasters, comedians, because we always, me and my boys are always talking about how like good comedies are just dead. Like, mm-hmm. I can't think of the last like classic That's a, fucking. That is actually, it's crazy you bring that up because Andrew's, he gets like these grand obsessions that are good. Right. It's a beautiful thing because he pulls it off. Right now it is, I want us to make a movie. Yeah, dude, because there's no more funny movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I can't think of the last, like, it's been at least 10 years since, like, there was, like, a super classic. Yeah. I mean, like, Girls Trip was cool. Um, Yo, Tiffany Haddish fucking destroyed that movie. It was such a great movie. I haven't seen, that's one of the greatest comedic performances I've ever seen in a movie. And people act like that movie would would have been good without her. It would have sucked dick without Tiffany Yeah, that's probably the last great, it was like that and Bridesmaids, like, but, like, before that, what are we really talking Rise about? Rise was great. I remember loving Wedding Crashes in college, but that's, like, 20 but wedding, years ago. That's now. what I mean. Like, even if you go back, like, I think it's probably, like... Hangover. Hangover or Superbad. Is destroyed. It's probably Superbad, yeah. right? Yeah. If you really think about, like, the last, like, yo, classic comedy. Yeah. Like Step Brothers and... Step Brothers fucking banger. Step Brothers, all the Judd Apatow joints. Like, I just feel like there's such a huge just gaping hole pause for somebody to come through so and somebody fucking put their face in yeah, yeah, yeah fucking yeah. right like the dudes from workaholics tried to do it on that netflix movie but that shit was kind of whatever yeah but i feel like if like you guys did a movie or if you guys could and just put all the fucking sick comedians in it like fucking have tim dylan play the fat funny guy you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no that's a, that's the thing that andrew's currently like obsessed with and yo we watched this show you ever seen the offer I have not. I heard, I've heard of it, though. I haven't seen it, though. Um, it's great. It's a fun show. It's just on Paramount+. Plus. It's, just, it's about the making of The Godfather. Yeah, you don't realize, oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no. You don't realize like, how much shit had to happen for that the movie. The only thing I'm on Paramount+, Plus for is fucking Yellowstone, but I've, I've, I've got to watch it. Check it, it out. It's, it's super fun. Again, there's little cheesy moments, but it's just fun. And there's a scene that makes him say, I want to do movies, the main character, who's like a, he executive produces The Godfather. Right. And he leaves the theater, and he's like, you don't get this experience anywhere else. He's like sitting in a theater. And this of is course. back when theaters were like of theaters. Course, yeah. But still, that's true, man. As great as YouTube is, yeah. it's hard to make you feel that way. Mm-hmm. You, nothing matches a movie. And I remember watching that, and then Andrew was talking about this. Immediately, like right around the same time, I was like, I want to do a movie, I want to do a movie. And I'm not as obsessed as him, but I'm like, yo, he's right, man. We can create a feeling, a fucking euphoria, a group shared euphoria. YouTube, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. It's just me. Maybe one or two other yeah. people. 200 people sharing a thing. Mm-hmm. It's the closest thing you can get to a live stand-up show. No, for sure. Or I, a concert. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think just somebody has to do it. If it's y'all, if it's, you know, have Joe Rogan just bankroll that motherfucker. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be the move. <laughs> that might be the move. That might be the move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels like, man, like... I don't know if it's uh, something that goes to theaters or not. I don't know if it's like, hey, we dropped a movie. It's on Amazon Prime. Go run that shit up. Or Netflix bought the movie or whatever it is. But it just feels like, yo, somebody has to step in. And if and you guys have done so many things to kind of kick the doors down in general, just being independent. You I know, feel like making a movie would be... You know why they don't do as many? And this might be something to try to figure out. Again, the team that... Yeah, we got a good team that could figure it out. But the problem with comedy financing 
is comedy doesn't translate internationally, and international sales are so important to movie yeah. to studios now. That's why the Avengers will throw any money at it because internationally everyone will watch it. Comedy. People aren't going to watch this internationally, most likely. Well, also, yeah, because comedy is different in, in culturally. Yeah. Like, the jokes that might work here aren't going to work in China. Yeah. They just don't, they don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, they're like, huh. Yeah, yeah. now that's real, so it's almost harder to even get studios behind it. So it's like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, though, because fuck, man. I, I really think, like, the best comedy shit is through podcasts or, like, series, like TV yeah. series. Like, yeah, we need a good comedy movie, though. We really haven't had a great one yeah, in a while. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Yeah. 100%. I was about to say Eastbound and Down, but that was a TV show. TV show. Kenny fucking Powers, man. Yeah, dude, yeah. Righteous Gemstones. Just Yo, that dude, Danny McBride, just plays the same... F- yeah. He just plays Kenny Powers in everything. And he kills it. And it's fucking amazing. Yo, his name is Kenny Powers to me. Yo, it's not for, Danny McBride. It's for Kenny real, Powers. For real, dude. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, what would you say um, was something that you kind of, uh, you know, being around Andrew as long as... When did you guys first meet? Oh, uh, 08. 08. I met him. He was like the first guy. Were you in LA guy. at that time? Yeah, I just moved to New York. Okay. He's one of the first guys I met. We were both doing this hood room in Brooklyn, and the show got canceled. And I remember back then, I didn't know, like, skinny jeans was like fashion. So yeah. I was like, look at this fucking dork coming up here in skinny jeans in a fucking mohawk. And then I was like, but he's doing a hood room in Brooklyn. Right. Guy can't be some, he can't be like a dork for real. Right, he's got to be funny. So we shook hands, and then he was, he asked me if I wanted to ride back to the show because the show got canceled yeah. right back to the city to Manhattan and he was in a minivan which was also so funny but he and I just started talking about comedy we had like the exact same taste yeah and I, I'm in New York so I'm dying for people to hang out with but we kind of went our separate ways and then every once in a while I would go by the Village Lantern and just hang out with him and his, his crew and I kind of got along with them well but I would still go do shows and like right. fucking in the Bronx or wherever and bomb nonstop. but uh, I remember I was about to leave New York and I was like yo I always have fun with these guys over here. Let me hang out for here. I was going to give it like one more month. Right, like, right. Let me hang out here, see if I can make some friends. Because New York at the time, super PC comedy or super hood comedy. Right, right. And I'm not... Like, one or the not, other. Yeah, I'm not either. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me just hang out with these guys. And then I found he and I like not only had the same taste in comedy, we thought on a very similar wavelength. And we could have conversations at about, you know, at, I, I, what I thought was a pretty high level. I don't know if right. it was or not. but Of course. Like, you know. And then bits, we were we wanted to do comedy the same way, which is I wanted to be a little divisive. I want to challenge what they think. I want to go at this PC shit. Mm-hmm. And so it just became. And then we're both super loyal. And then from there, just built into like That's a important, man. Yeah. You guys all seem like, you know, I mean, I think it's dope. Like anything you guys do, like everyone's supporting or involved in. Yeah. Or, you know, whether it's like Alex opening up his podcast studio or... Yep. You know, obviously, you're, you're special. Uh, yeah, everyone's helping out with the Netflix thing. Thank like, you. It's definitely dope to see, man. I, the one thing I have said to Andrew, and I think this, and I hope this continues, and it's, I think it's been the key to how we've kept growing and not had too much shit. We had little things here and there, but the main thing was uh, we need to put the friendship over the podcast. Right. It cannot ever be. Podcast as much money as this makes me. Right. If it ever becomes, this will cost me my friendship with Andrew, I have to walk. Right. And that's a... You know, as the money gets bigger, that's the thing that feels a lot heavier. Right. When the lifestyle increases and you're like, fuck, I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but I have to figure it out because like, this can't cost me my friendship. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what up, y'all? Bootleg Kev here. Uh, we got to interrupt the interview and tell you about our family at Blue Chew. Look, if you go to bluechew.com right now, use the promo code bootleg to sign up and you will get your first month of Blue Chew for free. That's right. They're going to give you... The first month of Blue Chew for free. All you got to do is pay $5 in shipping, and you're going to get 
delivered right to your door some great shit for your dick. Let me tell you what it is, all right? If you're dealing with erectile dysfunction, if you're dealing with any sort of stress and you just need an extra little, uh, you know, a little performance enhancer, if you will, all right, for your Johnson down there, all you got to do is go to Bluetooth. Uh, and use that promo code bootleg, and it's coming straight to your door. The same active ingredient as Viagra, as Cialis, and then the new mint chewable. Breaking news. There is a new mint chewable that Blue Chew has just introduced to the marketplace, and it has the same active ingredient as Levitra and Staxin. I'm going to try to tell you about this active ingredient. It's Vardenafil. Yeah, I fucked that up. But try it out. It's supposed to be a little more potent than a normal blue chew. Whatever you need, regular blue chew, the new mint chewable, whatever it is, you're going to knock it out the fucking park, all right? Look, Barry Bonds needed a little performance enhancing when he uh, hit 73 home runs back in the day. He holds the record still. You might need a little performance enhancement in the bedroom. Your lady will thank you. Your wife will thank you. Your boyfriend will thank you. Whatever the fuck you're into, we're not judging over here at the Bootleghead Podcast. But I am judging you if you don't go to Blue Chew right now and sign up with that promo code BOOTLEG and get a month for free. Try it out. It's literally free. All right? Let's get back to the interview. And you guys are killing it. Patreon shit is crazy. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, that's uh, the hell we started that because I was fucking broke. I think I subscribed to the Patreon, I don't know, maybe two years ago because I, I don't know. I was just like curious. Because I had never heard of it, but I heard you guys talking. I was like, what the fuck is this Patreon shit? And I think when I subscribed, you could see like how many people oh, you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. had on the page. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And then I start doing the math in my head, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, these guys are rich. Yeah, and that was, again, started because I was legitimately, like, I had no, I probably made, I'm not bullshitting, probably made $6,000 total in 2018. Wow. I was going broke. We'd been doing the podcast the whole time. $6,000 for the Total, total. If I'm lucky, I had savings because 2017 went pretty well. Right. I was on like six MTV shows. Right. So you had I some money in the bank series. Yeah. And yeah. I, and then one by one, everything starts getting canceled and not getting picked up. And you keep thinking, I'm going to be okay. I got all this other stuff. Right, right, and right, then right. each one gets each taken one out of the basket. Out, yeah. And then I'm left with nothing. And I'm trying to survive. And I'm talking to Andrew softly about this Patreon thing because I think our fans would fuck with it. Yeah. And we weren't big at the time. But uh, I was talking about other podcasts that were like killing it. And then their listenership was way bigger. And he was like, dude, I don't know if it makes sense. Finally, I was so broke. I literally said, I go, I'm literally pleading with you at this point. Can we please do please, this? Please, can we start the Patreon? And he was like, fine. And then he marketed it so brilliantly and like really wanted to build a community aspect of the pod through it. And I think that helped so much. But yeah, it just became this thing that helped fund a lot of stuff. Would you guys ever do like flagrant live? With the live show, we have to figure out. Right. For me, I would, and Andrew, for Andrew, I'm asking him to split money with me when he could go he's sell 5,000 He's a, he's a huge draw, yeah, yeah, yeah. On his own. Of course. And for me, I felt like I didn't get to do stand-up, like, for whatever reason, the industry has never liked me, and that's fine, I'm not mad about it, but I didn't get to, like, go headline clubs until basically right before COVID. Right. And then, obviously, COVID shut everything down. So now, once I started doing an hour, five times a weekend, I felt like I grew so much. Right. And I was never that confident in stand-up before. It's because I'm doing, now I look back, it's like, because I'm doing comedy 15 minutes at a time at a club and I'm done. Right. And I'm looking at all these peers of mine who are doing five hours a weekend and they're ahead of me and I'm getting in my head about it. Now I felt like, I, now I feel like, you know, let's go. Whoever wants... I'm as good as anybody out there. That's dope. Which is a really cool place to be. It's I mean, a nice place to be, man. When you get, like, when you feel like you're in your bag like that. I feel like I'm in my. I feel like I'm in my fucking bag. Yeah. So the live podcast, I'll do it. I'm with it. But right now, my my obsession is 
kind of catching up. Yeah, yeah, catching up to what what happened. <laughs> yeah, you got a little taste of it before COVID hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. even just letting motherfuckers like I really feel like now motherfuckers need to know, like, come see the show. I I, I promise. Even if you don't like me, you can't You're say I'm laugh. not good at it. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, gonna yeah. say he's good at. It. I might thought he was a dickhead. I might right, thought he was right, right, right. a shrimp. Whatever. You didn't like me, but you just objectively, he's good at this shit. Uh, who is in your like? Uh, give me your Mount Rushmore comedians all time. Patrice. Uh, R.I.P. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I don't like saying it because he's so annoying now, but Chappelle. I just, <laughs> just stop crying, dude. Yeah. I don't mind the trans jokes. You know, just stop crying. You know what it is with Chappelle? It's like, to me, he's like probably my personal favorite of all he's time. Probably, he's, he's, my, he's probably my goat, but right. it's hard because you're just... Yeah, but it's, it's like it's like every time I see him now, it's like I'm not sure if I'm watching comedy as much as I'm watching like some sort of like TED Talk. You know what I'm saying? Son, yeah. And, well, I don't mind the TED Talk, dog. He did. Do you remember Bird Revelation? Is the one in the upstairs of the comedy store? Yeah, I actually was there. You I, were there? I was there. It was unfucking believable, man. Yeah, I was there. Unbelievable. I was, there. I was dying. Oh. Yeah, me and my wife are. I think we're like because they they took footage from I think like. Five different filmings Your or whatever. Your wife is beautiful, by the thank way. You, thank you. Both of us really outkicked our yeah. coverage. We, yeah, we did. Beautiful we did. Thing. We did, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we. Uh, yeah, I think Cypher Sound somehow hooked me up, and we ended up being like right in the front row or second row of of, of a Chappelle Netflix filming. It was fucking wild, yeah. but he killed it. Oh god. But I almost feel like that was kind of the last time I saw him do stand up, where I was just like, "Fuck this!" And I haven't seen him live. I know he's been doing a lot of live shit, but like, yeah, I feel like. Uh, some of my favorites have been disappointing me lately. I wasn't crazy about Cat Williams' latest. I'm, I just see like interviews of him and stuff, and it's like, it's a sad, I hope this doesn't happen to me. The greatest thing about Jay-Z is he doesn't shit on the generations beneath him. True. Little things here and there with the money to your ear and all yeah, that. Yeah, maybe not... like, you know, the oh, death of auto-tune, but you know. But yeah. He, yeah, but I, I think like, uh, yeah, like I, I, even, I even, like I liked Bill Burr's new special, but maybe I saw him do it in L.A. a few times. So it didn't hit as much because I was like, oh, I've seen, I saw him working oh, on this fuck. shit. You know what? Bill Burr might be the goat. He might be. I might dude. need to switch it to Bill Burr because here's he what I say. Be, man. When I was watching live at Red Rocks, I watched, I, I watched the first like 40, 30, 40 minutes and I was like, yo, the, the consistency of this guy is yeah, it's, it's great. parallel. Yeah, I had seen him so much um, in LA. Like I saw him in those parking lots. Like me, me and my wife, that's like our main date night thing. We'll go to the comedy store or we'll, if there's uh, somebody I like, I'll be like, oh, we'll buy tickets to go watch Bill Burr in a parking lot in mm-hmm. LA. Yeah. And so I felt, I just felt like I saw 90% of his shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and same thing with Tim Dillon. Like I saw Tim Dillon's special, I feel like five times at yeah. the comedy store. Yeah. So it was like, I know what the punchline right. is. So when I watch it on, and I think he kind of recognized that too, because I heard him talking about it. Like I've been doing this hour for so long. Mm-hmm. Like I'm ready yeah, to kind yeah. of move. There's so much COVID shit. Yeah. You know who actually I fuck with? I never really gave them like, too much of a chance because I always just associated this dude with the Chelsea Handler show, but Joe Coy. Joe Coy's a beast, dude. His new stand-up is fucking He's hilarious. He's a beast, dude. He's a beast. He does this bit about dudes who are on those ventilators to go to sleep. Yeah, the, yeah. The, CPAP. the CPAC yeah. shit. He's like, you look like a ghost is fucking you in the mouth. <laughs> Bro, that shit is great. It's, it's great. great, dude. Okay, so you got Patrice, you got Chappelle Burr. <sighs> Here's the thing, Chappelle might need to get bumped because okay. I can't not put Russell Peters on there. Obviously for the now, culture. Now that's a great Mount Rushmore, but then how do you not put Pryor on there? 
Pryor bumps one of them. Would you say Pryor's a little bit before your time, though? Pryor's a little bit before my time, but I appreciated how good Pryor was. Fair Eddie enough. Murphy was the first stand-up I remember fucking dying at was the family barbecue bit. Right. I remember me and my homies listening, crying, laughing at an audio CD. And I was like, yo, those were the, the days. audio can make yeah. you laugh this hard. I didn't know. I saw Bring the Pain. I love Bring the Pain. Rock was my idol for Very so many right. years. Chris Rock, I think, was my favorite uh, for a long time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger yeah. and blacker and... Just like, yeah. Dude, the crazy shit about Bigger and Blacker is it's like a year after Bring the Pain. So to have that much heat back to right. back is nuts. It, I think it might have been better. I think if like, I, I wish Bernie, when he like hit his stride as like a uh, I superstar, I wish I he would have did more shit. I know. He had the show and that was amazing for him. The Def Jam wanted. shit. He had the, obviously we go back to the Def Jam shit. Obviously, Kings of Comedy. Kings of Comedy, dude. He, he murdered everybody. I and mean, everybody killed it on that, but he murdered everybody. That I, shit was... That's a, Milk and cookies. The rumor, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but the rumor is it was supposed to be Steve Harvey headlining. Right. But nobody could follow Bernie. Yeah. So he Bernie would middle, Steve Harvey would struggle. So they were like, yo, get Dale Hughley on here. Steve, you host. That rounds out the show. And, but nobody, that's why they put Bernie at the end. He wasn't supposed to headline, but they were like, nobody can follow this. Nobody can fuck with this guy. They get the milk and cookies. The milk and cookies. Son, son. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, all right, so Russell Peters. All right, let's let's try legit, let's go. Mount, legit. Rushmore. All right. like Mount Rushmore. Like Mount Rushmore, because I think Bill Burr. Your, might be, and this is your Mount Rushmore. My Mount Rushmore is Patrice, Burr, Russell, Rocker Chappelle. Okay. I'm not sure. I think I lean Chappelle. Yeah. Uh, I think the actual like the greatest. I would push Burr off because I think he might be the best, but he didn't like change comedy or anything. Right, 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 right. So it'd be I think Patrice, uh, Pryor, uh, Chappelle. And I don't know the fourth, maybe like a Lenny Bruce or some shit, because we just didn't. I like Carlin. George Carlin, Carlin too. Carlin. Carlin, Carlin, Carlin was a yeah. beast, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when my when I was a kid, my dad used to always listen to his CDs and shit. You know what's which... crazy about Carlin? If you uh, there's a documentary on him on HBO. I didn't know this. He was like a clean '50s goofy comic. Right. And then it was the, the guy he became it was because of an acid trip. Wow. He took acid and was like, I'm a fraud. Nothing is real. None of this is real. So he, he was like on some Bill Cosby shit, kind of, prior yeah. to doing acid. Yeah, like this goofy stuff. Like yeah. 50s. What comedy was in the 50s to be on TV? What the and he was fuck? making money, but he hated it. And then he just, well, yeah. He was doing it to feed his family, but then he had an acid trip and was like, I'm a fucking fraud. And then it changed everything. That's wild. Have yeah. you ever done acid or any? No, I've high only. Psycho, I've psycho, been high twice. On Once weed? with Joe Rogan, yeah. That's your, oh, yeah, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I ever smoked weed. And then last week. Because my wife will get high every once in a while. And I always felt, because I was always like, no, I don't do that. Right, 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 and right. And then right. I felt bad. I was like, I can't get high with Rogan and then never get high with my with wife. With my wife, yeah, yeah. So we took an edible. That was a fun time, dude. We had fun. So you got to watch, watch yourself on the edibles, man. We, t- All we it takes took a, is, a half at a time. Yeah. Or like a half, then a quarter, then a quarter. If or you take a little bit too much, you might have the worst night of your life. Oh, dude, I had a who, uh, gummy, a Who's Wax gummy back in the day, and I just took the whole thing. Yeah. And... I was sick. I wasn't even high. I woke up in the middle of the night. I just like took it and went to sleep. Probably woke up in the middle of the night. Room was spinning. And I couldn't figure out what's going on. Yeah. And then I realized it's the edible. And then the next day on the plane, going flying back, I was fucking miserable. Never shrooms or nothing? Nah, but I'm interested in shrooms. Mm. I don't want to do... I'm, I'm okay with na- natural stuff, I think. Right. I'm open to shrooms, done weed. I think I might even do like ayahuasca. I want to do that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that shit is like... I'm almost scared of like yeah. how... Like, what I'm going to be confronted with. Because it's, like, supposed to be, like, life-changing. Yeah, yeah. You got to go be with a shaman. It's, like, two days. Yeah, but, 
Yeah, I want yeah. to do that Carlin shit. Like, who knows how the fuck I'm going to be after I do ayahuasca? Like, yeah. I might maybe I divorce my wife or something. I don't know. No, no, like, no, no. Come on, you're not divorcing me. Let's be honest about that. We've seen I saw the pictures. Um... Hey, what up, y'all? Got to stop the interview to tell you about our family at Odd Socks. That's right. Go to oddsocksofficial.com right now. Use the promo code BOOTLEG. That's right, BOOTLEG. You will save 20% off at checkout. Now, listen, we know that they have amazing socks. These are Sour Patch Kid socks. These are Hot Cheeto socks. Half-baked, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, for those that like Snapple, so much so that you would wear socks with Snapple's logo on them, and all my Naruto fans, they have the Naruto. But let's bust these boys out. You know, they, they got the underwear, and the underwear are crazy. Love the draws. What do we have here? Oh, oh, we have, we have Hey Arnold underwear. These are fucking amazing. Jesus, I'm going to wear these. You know why I'm going to wear those? Oh, because I have Hey Arnold socks on. You see what I did there? Yeah, that's right. We out here represent Odd Socks, the most comfortable socks in the world. I promise you, if you get the Odd Socks basics like these, these are the basics, right? Those are, uh, I mean, you're not going to get any better than that. You know what I mean? The Odd Socks basics are incredible, all right? So uh, that's my favorite. I'm always wearing a black or white pair of Odd Socks basics. But uh, don't, like, listen to me. Try them out for yourself. Go to oddsocksofficial.com. Use the promo code BOOTLEG. Save 20% off at checkout. And... They got some new shit coming at the top of the year. Hmm. I would say go to their Instagram, at Official and just look at some of the shoes that uh, the owner's wearing in some of the videos. They may or may not be having some slides coming out. I don't know. I cannot confirm nor disconfirm, but, you know, they did put them on their Instagram for a reason, like a little tidbit, little 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 crumbs to what's coming next year. You know? uh-huh. Plus, they just dropped their monster socks, which I don't have any of those here, but it is Halloween season, so go fuck with those. You already know, man. Odd Socks Official. Go fuck with them on Instagram. Go to oddsocksofficial.com and use the promo code BOOTLEG. Save 20% off a checkout. And when you do that, you support us. You support the whole crew over here at the Bootleg Head Podcast. And, so let's get back to the uh, what other one? Is DMT natural? Yes. Because that seems like a fucking party. So DMT, there's you have to get it the natural way. There's a synthetic DMT, and then there's like pens that is like the synthetic like you vape dmt which is not how you're supposed to do it you're supposed to get the real shit you're supposed to freebase it like it's crack and yeah from what i hear i mean i i got close friends who sell that shit and do it and they're very much like yo man there's only one way to do it because there's people who give you a pen they're like it's a dmt pen my friend did that yeah you don't want to do that you want to freebase it you want to get full pookie from fucking you you gotta you gotta That's what, I mean, at least the people who I know who are really, like, into that shit, they're like, there's, you have to freebase it. You have to smoke it. Like, like, that's the only way to go. And then what do they say happens? Just, you're gone 20 minutes. It's only 20 minutes? My, I had a homie who told me, he did DMT, and during his trip, he, it, was, it felt like about six months. Yeah. He said he got a job, met a girl, like, fucking lived a six-month life. And then woke up and only like 18 minutes had passed. That's amazing. It's also fucking scary as fuck. That's amazing. Imagine like you, you hit something and you, you just go away and you live like six months of life. And then you wake up and you're like, what? It's like some shit straight out of the movies. But you have to, yeah, yeah from what I hear. I mean, I, I like mushrooms. I do, I do shrooms a lot. I was shrooming hard last night. How was that? It's great. I have a gummy company that I'm a part of. So I can hook you up with some gummies. They're great. Maybe. maybe. It, you just microdose. 
Oh, okay. You could just take like one and like go work out. Like some people use them as pre-workouts, which is kind of what is it? What does it do? Um, it just depends on how much you eat. So if you were to take one, it makes you a little bit more focused. It kind of just, it kind of makes everything a little bit more realistic, a little more HD. Mm -hmm. If you, the more you eat, I would say the more you like start to really kind of get ultra lost in your, in yeah, your yeah. thoughts. Yeah, yeah. How much do I got to take to get fucking smacked? I would just Not eat. too high. Eat a whole bag. Well, that seems crazy. You done? It's an eighth. Okay. The whole bag? Of the gummies? You could do six out of twelve. Is it like weed so gummies? Where yeah, it, it's, you don't it's, really... it's, it's, no, no, no. They're, they're pretty properly dosed. So it's 12 pieces and the bag's an eighth. So if you really want to get smacked, do six. Mm -hmm. And you'll, you'll be able to like... It's a nice good high. Nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah. I mean, it also, it also depends on what you ate for the day. Empty so if you stomach? have like an empty... You want to eat them on an empty stomach. Really? Yeah. Because then you get the real full like... You really feel... It just depends on what you're trying to get into, man. You know, if you have like a fucking real heavy dinner, there you might need to eat more because they won't hit as hard because you got so much shit soaking mm. up the psilocybin. I'm look. I'm gonna try to do this with my wife. She's scared of it, but do, do it. we need a sherpa? I don't know what that is. Somebody sober. I just found it. Somebody sober, just making sure you're not fucked. Nah, 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 nah. Y'all be all right. Unless, yeah, yeah, it's not like you guys are gonna fucking commit suicide on accident or anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. What about right now? Uh, you gave me your Mount Rushmore. Who are the funniest comedians alive right now? Bill Burr is number one. Okay. Uh, I, I think Rogan is up there. Um, Andrew, obviously. Yeah. I'm putting myself in that fucking list. I don't care. Love it. I'm trying to think, who am I watching right now that I'm like, bro, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's kind of hard for me to answer because I just feel like I just watch. I, I'm like fans of podcasts as much as I am stand-up. So it's yeah. like... Um, I think Tim Dillon's so fucking hilarious. I could just watch him talk. He's, about, a, he's such a star. Dude. I could just he's watch him talk for like an hour about anything, and I'm yeah. just like, I'm just dying. Yeah, that's his. He's a gifted just talker. Yeah, like the fact he could do that, like with with no. I mean, obviously he had his producer, but with no co-host or anything, he's just fucking yeah. rambling about the Kardashians or fucking Russia. I'm yeah. like, yo, I want to know what Tim Dillon has to say about geopolitics. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so entertaining. I haven't heard the new hour from Rogan, but I heard somebody was telling me, he's like, e, this is the best he's been in a while because he was, he said, I don't want to get this money and go to Austin and become some rich, like lazy out of touch. Right. Right. So he's been in the fucking lab. So no, I'm he's. I know. I, I always see him at and like he's doing Vulcan and shit. Yeah. Do you feel like he's a little underrated because he's so polarizing for some reason? Like I feel like maybe people don't give him as much respect for like I being think one of honestly, the greats. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, the guy changed that. We're all doing podcasts because of Joe Rogan. Of course, yeah, he changed so like, the whole game, man. Yeah. So I think in that sense, a lot of people just hate. Now, some people who love him are gonna overrate him so maybe oh yeah out. like but my cousin like, my cousin's entire life his opinion on everything in the yeah. world is formed based on whatever joe rogan is saying at the which time. is crazy because joe rogan's whole thing is bringing on everybody so no, you're gonna it, hear it is everyone's insane. opinion it how do insane. you filter yeah like my cousin like all of a sudden like went hardcore maga in like 2016 i'd unfriend him on facebook whatever yeah, 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 that'd be happening sometimes then all of a sudden he hits me he's like hey I know you've been supporting Bernie Sanders for a long time. I saw him on Joe Rogan. Not a bad guy. <laughs> like, he's like, I think I might have had him all wrong. And I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
Yo, people are such losers, man. It's so crazy. God, so many people out there just it's embarrassing for you. Yeah, for you. It's like, dude, you gotta form your own thoughts, man. Yeah, I don't. you gotta form your own thoughts. You can't just dive it. Like it sucks too because unfortunately nowadays it's the hard. It's harder than ever to form your own thoughts because whatever you think, they're just gonna keep feeding you more of that shit, man. John Herschel Walker might win this election. Ain't that crazy? I've seen this man get CTE. I'm a Cowboy fan. I was going to say, would you, would you vote for him just based on the Cowboys history alone? No. No. Because the guy got fucking brain damage, yeah, clearly. Yeah. He's clearly got... He was bipolar years ago, beat the shit out of his wife decades ago. Like, I knew all this. It's crazy. And he might be... I'm not surprised, though. I would root for him if he was fighting MMA. You remember when he fought MMA? I was very happy he beat the shit out of that guy. I don't remember that. I remember he did it, but I don't remember if he won or not. Dude, he won. He kicked the shit out of the guy, I think. I'm one of the, certain. Like, that was like one of the more lopsided wild trades, I think, in football history. Yeah, it's, it built the Cowboy dynasty. Yeah. This guy did everything for me as a sports fan. Yeah. But you got too much brain damage to be... I don't care what your politics are. If you play professional contact, Manny Pacquiao shouldn't be no motherfucking congressman. No. Yeah. No. I don't it's, care your politics. Yo, the Philippines are fucking crazy. Like, my boy is Filipino, and he goes, he goes there all the time. He's like, yo, if you, get, if you get caught with weed, they put you in prison. Like, prison. Like, the fucking president of the Philippines is like a crazy person. There's some wild laws out there, dude. I heard in Thailand, if you make fun of the king or the emperor or whatever, that's, you're fucked. You're fucked, fucked. Fucked by a lady boy, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out Fun to Thailand. Times. Yeah. Anyway, listen, man. Uh, go watch the podcast. Going crazy. Yeah, man, we're doing. You guys are fucking killing it. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's crazy. Um, it's growing. Into go it. to the Patreon. Hopefully, a new special, maybe yeah, top of the year ish. I don't have a timeline, but come see me live, and I think you'll enjoy it. And then we're gonna we're gonna cook up something, and I want it to be fucking good. I don't want to take too long, but right. We're gonna cook up something. Maybe it just be a lot of clips. I don't know, but I, I feel like I got. When you're doing the like touring, right? Are you still hitting like local clubs here to like work on shit? Or are you just right working now, on everything on the road? Right now, because there's so much podcast prep, my wife road. No fucking time. When I'm off tour, there's only a few dates left, but right. then I'll be back in the in the club and I'll be trying to build up time to get back on the road. How, how do you feel about, I mean, that road life's different, right? It's different, but I'm uh, fortunate enough that like I can afford to bring my homie Thushar Singh, who I'm yeah. going to do a special for him as well. Okay. He's got like a... He He's opening like, up for you? Yeah, he does my feature stuff, uh, but he has like... um. He has like a day job, like an actual office job. So he's kind of doing a 20 minute thing on like, hey, this is why office jobs suck. And here's how to still like kind of uh, advance in the workplace right. while not giving a fuck. Right. And it's funny. It's actually funny. I'm not saying that. Very it's relatable. Funny, I yeah. wouldn't bring him up. Yeah. Uh, and then my camera guy, also named Kev, 611 slash bodyguard, camera Jesus. guy slash bodyguard. So I got at least them two and usually one other person, maybe two. And so I have a little crew that like. Keeps you company. Keeps me company. Because yeah, I, again, I'm. I've never done anything remotely close to, but like, I don't want to be on the road alone and just like, there's just random bitches talking to me and I'm so fucking bored and miserable that like, I entertain the offer. Right, 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 right. Keep me out of trouble. Yeah, just keep me out the fucking mix, man. Keep me out the mix. I'm here. Yeah. I'm cheating on my wife with my homies. And then just enjoy all the food in every city. Yeah, I know. I've gained like 20 pounds. Yeah, I can only imagine, dude. If I was on the road like that, because I'm in New York right now and we're like, I've been on keto for like, since May. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, dude. I need pizza. Son, you need something. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I'm faithful. I'm eating junk food. Yeah. Fuck you. For sure. I'm taking this cake to the face. Yeah. There it is, man. Akash, I appreciate you pulling up, man. God bless, man. Thank you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279. Or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.